<laughs> you can't hear that, can you? Um, <clears throat> hey, John. <laughs> a little bit trouble with your breakfast. Oh man, it's um, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Beep. beep. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Okay, here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. You know. I think all, all of the world is watching Ukraine, and, and we're all, you know, in our way, wanting to do our part. Yes. I feel like that's me right now. I'm like uh-huh. Clarissa Ward, or, oh boy, or maybe like... <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh, you're, you're oh John, I, I want to send you, I want to send you this video. They're, <laughs> they're using, they're using the big loader guy to slam long steel beams into the ground. Oh, sure. So, Pile driver. A po- well, yeah, I've decided I'm into it because you mm-hmm. know who knows when I'll be able to prove myself this way again. Mm-hmm. As a, uh, That's right. it's testing you. <laughs> it's testing me, and it's testing our listeners to be sure. Testing our all of our metal. Yeah. Yes, it's very metal. Uh hey, Jonas. I am. I am following the Ukraine. I have a. Uh, I oh, have boy. a friend who has taken it upon himself to take all the good tweets about Ukraine and. And text them to me. So oh my gosh! So you've got a God. What what is that? You're it's like almost like a dead drop, like a yeah. news dead drop. Yeah, because I've tried to follow it on the news. Yeah. You know, I've I've had a lot to say about social media in the last year, hmm. but there's one thing. Hmm, hmm. But there's one thing that it's amazing at, which is breaking news from the front lines. Yeah, yeah. And there's just you know trying to follow it through the mainstream media. They're like, did you know the Russians have invaded Ukraine? And then on Twitter, of course, it's like, I'm in the foxhole. And yeah. So he's been. And so you got somebody who's. Um, so there's a lot to that job because part of it is obviously they're. they're Here come the tanks. Get your they, tractor out. They, uh, they, oh boy, the, the insurgents is really picking up. Is your door open? It's not, dead? John. I'm probably. Are you thir- recording I'm, from the I'm, I'm, I'm like 30 feet away from where this is happening <laughs> right now. And the entire uh, office is shaking yeah. like thrice the worst earthquake I've ever been in. The, uh, the, <laughs> the, the 50 or so Roderick on the Line listeners who routinely complain about this quality of the sound. Oh, yeah. Really, now you should have kept your powder dry. Yeah, they're yeah. going to love it. They're gonna be like, uh, so oh, on the one hand, you have a friend who's um, um, I'm obviously at the end of the funnel is yeah. sharing with you the stuff that they feel like, uh, you know, based on information that you should know about. But really the valuable part is the other, the fat end of the funnel where they're like they're sitting uh, they're, they're standing astride yeah. all the great news coming in oh boy and then uh, and then uh, repackaging it for you yes almost like an executive assistant <clears throat> yes and, and you know <laughs> I had uh, you can't I'd, hear that can you? no I'd followed along you know I'd, I I have already followed a lot of uh, journalists Western journalists working in Russia and Ukraine I'd followed them back in 2014. During right. the Crimea, so I was already following them because they're all hilarious and and you know and just that uh, those those East Bloc people I'm uh, already fascinated by. So they're they're still out there and they're writing long think pieces. But I really want to see short videos of farmers stealing uh, tanks. Right. And that's what all- that, that Twitter list is good for. That there's there's one guy yeah. who's a real grind about. Uh, it's the guy with the numbers. And he's uh-huh. the guy who just keeps showing. I imagine you've looked at this. And he just, you know what, John? Just to be clear, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to mute this. There's, there's Are no they point. excavating in your office? It sounds like they're coming up through the If floor. I could do it with good OPSEC, I would, it would be difficult to do with good OPSEC. I could absolutely yeah. send it to you, but, but it's, if you could, I, I think I described it this way to Dan, and then we won't speak of it again, except okay. we certainly will. Um, imagine that like, uh, you've got an emergency operation on MASH, and they say, you know, spreader, stat, because they've got to yeah. get it open. That's what they're doing. Each, I think it's on Monday mornings when they reestablish their uh, beachhead, if you like. Mm-hmm. And they do mm-hmm. kind of so, look like those, uh, what are these called, uh, check asterisks? Retractors? What are they called? No, what are they? <laughs> the, things, the things on, uh, on, uh, on Omaha uh, uh, Beach. What do they call them, a check, a check wrangler? What do they call those big tank asterisks? Uh, well, yeah, they're uh, tank, yeah, tank traps, tank yeah. stoppers. Sap- um, sap- they're ship so, But it's, it's important work. Maybe someday we'll have the streetcar again. Um, but... Um, so we were talking mm-hmm. about oh yeah so it's, your it's friend money does heist that. you're you're actually part of a money heist aren't I'm part you? of a, I'm part of a money heist uh, yes paper house yes okay yes oh excuse me and <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace you can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com/supertrain Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, even your time. You can do it all with Squarespace. Let's say, uh, let's say you're the sort of person who writes. Maybe you're a blogger. You're making content, as they say. Well, the, the, you're going to look forward to blogging and commenting. You can create a community on your Squarespace website with a fully integrated commenting system that supports threaded comments, replies, and likes. Can use their powerful blogging tools to categorize, share, and schedule your posts as well. That's pretty cool. Uh, all the sites are uh, optimized for mobile. This is really magic. All Squarespace sites, uh, the content automatically adjusts, so your site looks great on any device or dingus. This is true. It really works. And maybe you want to save some time with cross-posting. Well, you can, and it's built right in. Squarespace can auto-post your content to Twitter, Tumblr, or Facebook, personal or brand pages, whatever it is you want to do, all post entries and images are optimized and tagged, so descriptions and titles will be correct wherever you are posting. I'm a huge fan of Squarespace. I've been with them for years, and believe it or not, you're using Squarespace right now because that is where we host the Roderick on the Line podcast. Big fan. So do me a favor right now. Head to squarespace.com slash supertrain for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code supertrain because that is going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Once again, you go to squarespace.com slash supertrain, offer code supertrain for 10% off your first purchase. And you get to join the family. You know, you'd be with me. It's kind of an adoptive family, but, you know, you're always welcome here. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> I, I feel bad. I want to start making noise over here. Oh, wait. Chair squeak. Oh, that'll help. Yeah, that'll help. I mean, you know, I, I could uh, <coughs> I could bend over backwards trying to get rid of all that, but there's really oh, no point. There wouldn't on. be any podcasts left after. The problem is the problem with that kind of noise limitation is that it just it sounds so bad. Yeah, I Coming mean, there's there's some amazing stuff. What does come- that sound? Oh, that's 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 part of Mister that's that's uh, the Bang Bang Machine's friend. Uh, yeah. it, it might be Concrete Cutter, Doctor Concrete Cutter. It's probably just uh, Professor Pound Pound. <laughs> It's like you bought one of the. You remember it's those literally old, exactly in front of my office. <laughs> you remember the the twelve the shadow, inch vinyl the shadow on my window. <laughs> uh, you can picture the scene. Uh-huh. You know the twelve inch vinyls that were just like sound effects. Oh you, sure, absolutely. You know, it's like you bought the the construction one. 
You're you know, oh, oh you know what I got because my my kid and I love something that they do on Portlandia. Uh, Portlandia. One reason Portlandia is so goddamn funny, and I'm sorry they never had you on. It's yeah, Shonda. it's kind of a disappointment. But, but they use the Hanna Barbera Library of Effects all the time. Uh huh. You know? And there's a giant set that I got off the back of a truck of like, like every single one of those. You know, like when Fred Flintstone would walk on his tiptoes and go, yeah. And they're all they were all done by a symphony orchestra in a giant soundstage, and it's like people playing piccolo violins. I know, and they just they just did it. But so we were talking about Ukraine. Anyway, boy, my, my brain's a real pudding right now. Ooh, I bet it is. That's okay, though. No, no, I'm, I've decided I'm into it. Um, yep. Yeah, so... <clears throat> it's, I but anyway, so the, yeah. so my friend sends me these uh, these things, but, you know, he's not actually... Did, I'm like, sorry, real quick. Did, did he offer that to you, or did you ask, or how did it come about? He well, knew this friend of yours, doesn't matter, it's a guy probably, but this person knew how you feel about social media. Well, no. See, that's the thing. He's a he's an old pal, and he was, and he he texted me and said, "Hey, I'm sorry to be blowing up your Twitter feed all day, uh, but I just can't stop uh, sending you these videos." And I wrote him and said, "Well, Trevor, you know that I'm not on social media. I haven't been there for a year, so you're blowing up a ghost." And he was like. Oh, you're dude. blowing up a ghost. Yeah. Oh, remind me about that because I got a strong opinion about that. He okay, was like, dude. Oh no. What oh. makes the um in a given day? Like, if you can say within your own opsec uh, limitations, what what are some examples of recent things where you went, oh man, that was worth knowing about? I'm glad Trevor's there on my behalf. Over Z- zero things. Tre- Trevor used to send me uh to send you know retweet things to me that were like, watch this Japanese dude jump off the side of a mountain on skis, land it, and then backflip over a tree. You know, like like there are, there are a lot of extreme skiers, Merlin, in the world. And Trevor's very interested in them. So am I. I became very attracted to the, the Slovenian girls when they were doing their big jumps. Well, the did, big you, jump- did you catch the Slovenians at, toward the beginning of the Olympics? They were fucking amazing. You know, Slovenia is very alpine. It's, I don't it's know right how there. you jump 100 feet. And land on skis and don't break something. Well, because the landing is sloped, so you it, it's yeah. it's kind of a fault. You fly for a long time, but you're not that high off the. I guess. Ground. Wow, there's really a tank in your office. Hey, John, do you think we should <laughs> should we keep at this? Is there any yeah. point? Oh no, no, it's okay. good. It's now, good. Here, let I me mean, ask you this. I, I promised I wouldn't talk about this again. Would you prefer that I try to mute it, or should no. I just leave the channel open? No, no, no. It's got to be open channel. So I got there a foot people... switch. I got a little rat rat pedal down here. Uh, is it by Proco? Uh, might be by Proco. <clears throat> I got a, what's called a panic button down here that I can hit with my yeah. foot. But I'm afraid all that's going to do is really then make it obvious when it's been turned off. No, no, no. Think about all of our listeners in New Zealand who <clears throat> all day long sit there listening to the sheep bleeding out in the pasture. Love New they, Zealand. They Love probably it. haven't heard a, 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 an article of machinery or even a car in weeks. Hey, are Just you telling the, me it's that, uh, what, agrarian? Uh, did they oh, live close to the land, John? What's happening oh, in New Zealand? Oh, yeah. Almost every person in New Zealand is just sitting out somewhere in a, on a a windswept little little promontory. What, watching the watching sheep, the sheep uh, yeah. uh, eating daisies in a field. And so they're listening to these these tractors and they're uh-huh. going, wow, America, you know. It's oh, so- for them it's like watching Metropolis. It's like, yeah, meet exactly. future is here. What could those machines be doing, they think? Yeah. You know, are they feeding their sheep? Are they are no. they, are they they bringing hay in, in for the sheep? Although I don't think sheep eat hay. But- I don't know. They got good bacon there. 
Um, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm sheep bacon. I bet could be. I, um, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, humans bring uh, what dogs, rats, pigs. You're talking about uh, the kind of stuff um, that, that we just encounter. What are you talking uh, about? Well, you know, guns, germs, and steel. It's that, oh, it's sure, sure, sure. Jared Diamond, don't use that. Well, okay. Right. Um, um, but anyway, so oh, Trevor sorry, sorry. was sending all this stuff to to uh, you know he was he was blowing up a ghost, and I said, well, Trevor, hey. Here's the thing, and this is this is what was crazy about another crazy thing about social media yeah. is that a lot of uh, the people, uh, like Trevor, for instance, actually have my phone number, and so Trevor texted me to apologize for tweeting stuff at me, and I was like, "Why don't you just text it to me?" And he was like, "Well, it's on Twitter, and I don't know how to do that." And right. I was like, "It's just one extra step." So he started texting me tweets. I see. Did you start a new channel, or was it on your existing personal channel? Oh, on an exi- existing channel. And but the the thing is, the th- <laughs> the thing is, nobody's going to complain about my mouth noises now, are they? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so calm. I'm handling it extremely well. But what it means is that I have to, you know, they're not screen caps. I actually have to click on them and go to Twitter. So I'm and guess going, what? Now you're back on Twitter. I'm back on Twitter. Yeah. And I was there, and you know, and and then I actually clicked the home button to see like what's going on on my old Twitter, or the people that I used to follow. Oh, that would and be it, so weird. That would be like going back to your elementary school. It and was. Like, oh, everything's so small. And what was crazy is I'm over here on Twitter for a long time watching this Ukraine stuff, all excited about it, and then I click over. And they're all these kind of thirsty oh, comedians God. and people from yeah RT uh, if you agree you, you know and all there's these a, there's a like, lot of engagement hustling oh, going on around so this that's much. pretty gross well yeah. but the thing is a lot of it wasn't even Ukraine stuff it was just people like my five year old said this hilarious thing that also makes me seem like a really good you know and it's those, like, those are people uh, who are trying to get, I feel like, are trying to get engagement outside of their area. It's the same kind of folks that do a lot of the whole, like, <clears throat> you know, if you can only have one movie to watch on a desert island, that kind of thing, where yeah, you want to yeah. reach people outside of your circle and bring yeah, up your just numbers. get me those, get me those retweets and yeah. and and I did a new thing. I did a thing I haven't done in years, which was I went down and <clears throat> just unfollowed a lot of people that I had been following since two thousand nine. Right. I was like, oh, it's okay. I won't. I don't mind. I won't mind. No, no, no. I would never unfollow. Well, but unfollow, yeah, I you know, unfollow people. All, huh? A lot of a lot of a lot of old friends. A lot of people that for the last year, I guess I've continued. Well, I haven't been there, so yeah, there was yeah, no reason yeah. for me to follow or not. But anyway, now I'm just if I'm going to be on there, I just want to see Ukraine stuff and yes. global sanctions. I want to listen to people. Uh, in the world, you want to see see like a, <clears throat> that hot member of parliament. She's pretty thirsty too. But that one hot her. hot member of parliament who really likes being photographed with a rifle. God bless her. No, um, is but she like, in, an is old she, ladies. She I, I favored American one yesterday parliament? of an old lady. Somebody I'm sorry. from Colorado. Huh? What? Was she somebody from Colorado in the American Parliament that likes to be filmed with guns? No, or are you it's saying not it's her? Great? No, these are real people. But and there's one. Remember those yogurt commercials when we were a kid <clears throat> about um, I forget which Eastern European country, but it was the YoPlay commercials where like this is so and so and she's you know uh, 89 years old and she eats oh. yogurt and this is her mother, but <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the, one thing that's, that makes this so different. Um, okay. Anyway, what I was going to say was, I'm not trying to be thirsty here, and I'm not trying to make this an entertainment event, but I do want to know what's going on, and like everybody, I think I'm feeling quite uneasy and anxious and <clears throat> impotent about like what to do, um, but 
it, one thing that this is so different, it feels like from particularly the Gulf's, the Gulf's wars, is that I guess they, they've got a fairly limited number of positions that are safe um, for now, where they can like you know have a clear, like I say, Clarissa Ward who rules, like standing on a balcony or Richard Engel or whomever, right? <clears throat> I like the CNN international coverage because mm-hmm. um, I'm like that, <clears throat> but. It isn't there. It's, do you remember like when like shock and awe first happened? Mm-hmm. And it was, they had coverage like it was a Coppola movie. And I don't know why that is different now exactly, especially given the existence of things like drones. But there's not as much. I kind of want to see like what's happening right now. But then you get like a sort of package because this is what they can do. I'm sure everybody's doing their best in these horrible circumstances. But then you get this sort of like package repeating five minute segment that runs to kind of like bring you up to speed on what's happening. But like when you're watching this, the reason I ask this, when you're watching this, what is it you're specifically, as you can say, what is it you're looking for from getting this information just to kind of know where things stand, where things are going is it going to, for me, if I'm being honest, it's a lot of, oh, God, is there any chance this might be over soon? Right. Which I know is a long... But when you're when you're getting stuff from Trevor, what is it you're kind of hoping comes along? Well, you know, from the time I was... Uh, what? How, would I, how old would I have been? Probably... I mean, I grew up playing war in the woods, right? And for, for most of my childhood, we played uh, World War II. Absolutely. Right? We used to play Torah, 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 specifically. Yeah. Longest so you're movie fighting, I'd ever seen. And and we were in the middle of the Vietnam War during this period, but I don't remember ever playing war against the Vietnamese. It was always against one of our two World War II enemies. Oh, yeah. Um, and we were watching Vietnam on the television that night, or at least I was kind of peering over their shoulders watching Vietnam footage. But when I went out to in the, in the woods, it was always the, the Nazis. Um, but then somewhere around 1980, I switched over into being a cold warrior. Maybe it was 78. Um, it was, you know, cause in the seventies we still had detente with the Russians more or less. It was still, the- <clears throat> it really was that the term was <clears throat> still very meaningful from 1945, 46. It was a cold war. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's not a hot war. It's not a war that's currently being fought. It's a, it's a war that I feel like I used I, – I thought that term meant it's a war – there's a lot of tension and it could break out at any point. Obviously, I guess the Cuban Missile Crisis would be an extreme example of that. But we, we're also talking about the time when we'd been through the stuff with Iran. Right. And, and, and I think I got aware of – it was the Soldier of Fortune magazine years where mm. you're suddenly aware like, oh – it's a cold war because there are these proxy wars in Rhodesia and yeah. in, you know, Later in Central America and yeah. this and that and the other. And so I became somebody that well, that was, <clears throat> I was a, I was a, a teenager or, or preteen. And all of a sudden I'm reading all these Jane's military magazines. Oh, really? The, and it was, and it was an era where Reagan was rebuilding the military and all these, all these weapons systems that had been uh, devised during Vietnam kind of started only to come online in the 80s, the F-15, the F-14, the, you know, like all of the kind of the new Minuteman 3, like Star Wars. It was a, it was a time when yeah. military hardware was just 
was just blowing up literally and uh, figuratively <laughs> because and there was there was the like you're talking about though I mean like the the F series of jets which were so were so crazy for the time but the F series yeah well no because you well, weren't those the ones in um, going after Gaddafi yep. the ones that got shot down were those F F fourteen fourteens yeah but I mean so but then just to, you tell me if this is true but you also had conventional weapons and even though you'd had salt and start and all that kind of, you would have start but salt salt too all those kinds of things we were trying to keep the nuclear stuff you know under under a bell jar but even still conventional weapons were getting more buck wild right everything it was the you know this was the M one tank this was the A ten warthog you know all of all of these new weapons and and all of this new thinking about like oh the Russians are gonna the Russians are going to come through the folded gap, and then this, you know, it's the, the movie War Games, basically. Every one of those scenarios. Right. And so as a kid, I was into that stuff like like kids are into trucks. Or baseball. and Or baseball. And I was living in Alaska, so a lot of that military technology was, was arriving. It would fly over your head, you know? It wow. was like, and I was in the Civil Air Patrol, and, and my, my dad was, so we had we had access to the air force base. So we were there all the time. And so watching Ukraine now there's that part of me and you see it in a lot of the videos. You see the, you see the Ukrainian soldiers with the same kind of giddiness over. And a lot of the comments too, Mm -hmm. just, just giddiness about the technology of the gear. And you see yeah. all these, all these guys that, that are like, that apparently actually, is a Twitter type I did not even know about. <clears throat> are these? And this is not just the people on my timeline who like to guess whether this is a T whatever or not, and what the Z means and all that. This seems like there are some Janes types. Oh, for who, sure. Who have like they've really they're in their corn right now. They are, and they're just like, oh well, you know that system is the yeah, that's the B system, but the newest system, you know, the T thirty four B is the one that has the, and they all know, you know, they know it. And you're right. They're just they're as happy as can be. And I, <laughs> it would be like if you suddenly were called upon to identify Les Pauls. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, well <laughs> oh yeah, um, like Les Paul Jr. But I don't know about that bridge pickup. <laughs> Les, Les Paul Jr. is now strafing the city of Kiev. Uh-huh. If uh huh. So, if it has a V on it, that means it's from the east. So all of those like um actually military hardware dudes, I just love them. In the normally I would hate them. Right, Nor- because they'd normally be be in some comment thread saying like, "Well, you know, a flat tax." Oh, or they would be like the gun rights. They might be the gun rights style. Actually, it's not a bullet; it's a cartridge, guys. Yeah, I, you know when when that um, when that Car- mass sorry, shooting- cartridge not a bullet. Woof. Oh boy! Wow, I'm going to hear about it from that oh, one. Oh boy! When the when there was that mass shooting in Las Vegas. Oh God, yes. I was still oh, God, on. Um, I was still on uh, 4chan at the time. And that was an example of how, you know, Twitter is like breaking news, but 4chan sometimes had that ability to just be like spooky. That's why QAnon yeah, absolutely. initially, because there were, there were, there was spooky stuff on there. People that would, that were on 4chan that clearly were. Seem to know stuff that they, that it would be very surprising and they know stuff in their right. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, they yeah. would say something and then five hours later it would turn out to be true and they would put it in there just like, mm, well, you know, we'll see. Here, here's, here's what it actually is. And there was a guy on, on 4chan while before the police had even broached the room that was like, well, that's not automatic weapons fire. That's a bump stock. And here's the caliber of this. And, here, and, and it, was, it was super spooky because – 
you know, this this was still it was still happening. Right, and it wasn't it over four hundred people. It was a lot of a lot. It was, like a, it was a lot, lot of people injured and killed, right? A lot of people injured. And killed. Like, like how, how did he get no, all these no weapons into his room? Like all that stuff. Oh, that yeah, that was a whole that was a whole thing. But so so watching it, I, you know, and I and and it's not anything. It's not surprising that I feel this way, and I don't. And I don't. It's not anything to apologize for. It's just a kind of fact of war that a lot of war making is just train sets you know it's just like people buying cool stuff that's really expensive that does blow ups and that's what the i mean and it's one of the major critiques of the military that we've been levying since the 1920s which is just this is just a game and these are toys and they produce death which doesn't which is like the fifth or sixth line item that anyone's taking into, you know, I mean, death is number two in uh, its functionality and it's number five or six in asking whether or not we should buy it, right? Like, oh, this will bring a lot of death. Although we should think about whether that's a good thing. We'll do that in a different meeting. It's so also, but it also reflects the- something that I only really started to understand in the last few months about how a large business works, which is the way that a military has always worked, is compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. Is like you think about the management structure of any company, at least as I understand it, and like if you, what is the role of a manager? It's not like when you first learn that HR is not on your side; it's on the company side. But but when you first uh-huh. discover that, like if you're the manager, as I've said before, if you're the manager of this Walmart in Dalton, Georgia, your job is to never let a problem leave your store, either through a mad customer or to go up to your to your regional manager or whatever everybody wants that keep not 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 for a lack of transparency but just because your whole job is to maintain let's let's pivot to unit cohesion which is you can trust that this store is going to be run in such a way that you don't have to worry that your orders will be followed and that goes up and up and up till you get all the way to the top where it really becomes i mean you're talking about all kinds of you know machines of uh, of war and of the ways that we keep them working, which we got to talk about. The way that we keep them, we keep ammunition available, we keep fuel available for your 40 miles of trucks, all that kind of stuff. But like unit cohesion also means that I can get to the point where, as say an Eisenhower, this really almost becomes like a chessboard where I don't have to guess if I c- moving the night will cause it to do something I didn't expect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, isn't that kind well, of what it's all about in business and war? Is like if I make this decision on this big map, this will happen without me having to worry about the human factor. It's one of the incredible things about, and and, and the American military. You look at it in contrast to what's happening now, and you realize, oh, you know, when I when I went to Africa with uh, my friend Matt Martin, and he just was really good as an Air Force. Uh, officer at explaining to me, you know, he was <clears throat> obviously into the airplanes and the and the cool stuff, but he really took a lot of time as we walked around these military bases, explaining the basic truth of the of the military, which is that it's all logistics, and that every you know that the number of people that are actually ever going to fire a bullet is so small compared to the number of people that are moving crates of water and moving 
you know, to make make sure that those the, that you've picked the right wheels, the kind of right tank to be in the famous Russian mud, for example. But right. then, like, who who takes care of making sure those wheels continue to work the way they're supposed to? A lesson, a lesson that probably should have been learned by nobody better than the than the Soviets <laughs> seventy well, but, plus but also, years ago. You got to get uh, you got to get enough noodles for everybody to have dinner, Absolutely. and you and you've got to have toilet paper, and you've got to have all this stuff. And if uh, you for don't, one of the nail, the horse was lost, kind of thing. Where like every little bit of this, the material that in, in material and ordinance, two words I never get to use, that all this stuff be lined up, which makes it so strange to me that you would have a, a single file, forty miles of trucks. <laughs> and I just kept thinking, and I made a joke about this on the internet about how it was a lot like the loot train episode of game of thrones where I'm, yep. I'm not trying to be lindsey graham i'm not trying to be one of these you know saber rattling guys but there was a part of me that thought if you can take out a, a russian tank guy with a grenade launcher in a city square if you made three big holes at the i guess that would be easternmost part of that like if you if in the first one eighth of that convoy if you made three giant holes in that road through explosives They'd be pretty, wouldn't they be pretty fucked? Well, that's where they are right now. I mean, uh, all, all it takes is for somebody to throw a Molotov cocktail at the first of five trucks. Exactly. But enough of a pileup. That's what all these people say. You've got, if you're doing urban warfare, you need to make your city into a porcupine. And you've got to find ways to make anything that has any scale to it not viable. But, but also just to, like, like, like we're talking about here, like each one of the, they've got people sitting in trucks right now running the engine because it's so cold out. How are you going to refill all of those? Well, that's the other thing. You know, <clears throat> never invade Russia in the winter. Also, don't be <laughs> Russia invading anything that's else. That's the irony, John. Yeah, this no. has the makings of a, of a Stalingrad. What's funny is that the logistics component, though, <clears throat> at least in, in what, how I've kind of come to understand it, like the, the United States in Iraq got stuck in a logistics gyre. Which is to say that because they did have their logistics worked out and they always could get a truck full of Band-Aids here or there and they could always – there was always, you know, uh, pallets of water moving around, that the army command begins to think that that's success in war. And so because they had it all buttoned down, they – uh, you they know, got the, a false sense, not of security, but a false sense of success. Yeah, because yeah. because it's because we haven't gotten fucked on that yet, and if we don't get that right, we can't get the rest right. So you can't. But but the thing is, you know, hearts and minds, right? They're not. Yes. Nobody in Aleppo loves the Americans. They're <laughs> not. They're not like uh, uh, calling for democracy. But when you ask the army, "How you doing in Aleppo?" They're like, "Oh, well, you know, or." I mean, I'm talking about the Russians now. Yes. Like no, no, in I Aleppo, know, I they had, you know, they had it all buttoned down. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask them how they're doing, they're like, I've got, I've got, uh, you know, I've got these metrics, right? We've moved this much stuff. We have this perimeter established. And Matt Martin is talking about his experience as, as an officer in the Air Force in Iraq during these periods where, um, where, by all accounts, the American military had it completely buckled, right? It, mm-hmm. They just couldn't account for the fact 
that every night there were all these bombings and every right. night they, they, you know, as soon as they left an area, it immediately. Well, because they're camping in a porcupine in some ways. And it, yeah. And it's the same, same with Vietnam. Yeah. But what the other thing I'm looking for a, after the excitement of just like, look at that, it's a helicopter getting shot down. So in addition to just watching the cool explosions, which you know, again, you you want as a as a as a middle aged guy, as a as a liberal, you don't want to say, I just think that the guns are cool and the tanks and the and the airplanes are cool. Cause <laughs> yeah, because it sounds you sound like a dope or you sound like a, a like a like a gun nut or it's like or, a child. Or, yeah, yeah, but in fact, like, <laughs> for kind of cool. watching a watching a Russian plane get shot out of the sky, I I don't feel great about saying this, no, but it's amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, but 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 there's a but there. I'm getting something else out of it, which is this this um, and I and and you're starting to read commentary at this level, which is that one month ago, it seemed, I think, to a lot of us emotionally like we had become such a divided world that the the United States was no longer a leader in terms no, could no longer lecture the world from any moral high ground there was no longer any confidence that democracy was even even working in the United States let alone anything that could be advocated or exported uh, i think in a lot of cases social media seemed like it had perverted the idea of democracy right. to the point that nobody even was really sure if that's ever what we wanted. Like democracy, we've been we've been pushing so hard to make democracy universal, and because it seemed like to not do that is to make it not d- democratic. Right? We, we can't we can't even agree on, um, you know, f- fact patterns. We can't even agree on what happened. I mean, after the after no. the the brief January sixth and seventh moment where people seem to be coming together around, wow, that's not okay. I mean, now we're, we're reversion to the mean. Like we're right back to like, we can we be trusted with democracy at this point? Well, can anyone? Right? I mean, it, it, it's it a question of today? there are a lot of stupids, and it's it's not even a it's not even a today problem. You know, if if we had had a universal uh, suffrage in 1901 would the would the people have been capable of you know I mean it's a terrible it's a terrible opening to conversation because from the standpoint of the left uh, universal franchise is like a core value. Uh, it's just that, and 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 to and to advocate for anything less is to say, well, it's not a true democracy, right? We just have exclusive groups, li- elites, that are controlling the government, and that's undemocratic, and that ends up being perpetuating all these institutions that are unfair. But you lay it out, one person, one vote, and what you get is there are a lot of dumbs, and there's no amount of information, even if the even if the funnel only had truth in it, all it takes is the, the the truth to get put in front of ten dumbs, and one of them's like, I don't know, birds aren't real, right? And and the and then you lose you lose ten dumbs to the birds aren't real party, and you just go, <laughs> well, okay. And so all of that felt even a month ago like Jesus, man, I don't know what side to come down on, and um, and I don't I I three years ago I was online arguing so vociferously in favor of 
the idea of America and democracy. And I knew these things were, were, would survive at all. Right. And, 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 there's, now, and there's, there's, like part of your omnibus package was, it seemed to me was that you, you can't pick and choose all these different parts that in order to, there has, there has to be freedom and there has to be discourse and there has to be friction and there has to be like, you know, ethical behavior, but like, you know what I mean? You can't just do this um, cafeteria Catholic version of American patriotism and then just choose to amplify right. just that one thing. That's not wholesome. Right. There has to be both sides. I mean, the, I, as far as I was concerned in the last three years, the argument that, that both sides was some kind of contemptible thing for a person to, to entertain in their mind, like to, to say, but on the other hand, meant you mean like post Charlotte, both sides ism types things, or just the idea that one has to be defeated. One side has to win. The other side has to lose. The thing is the, 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 the Charlottesville, both sides is like, yeah, obviously Donald Trump is a contemptible dumb. He's a dumb, but, but to say in that, that, that somehow, uh, uh, delegitimizes any argument other than the, than the, than the agreed upon party line. That was a ludicrous over, over, I mean, it was just a, I don't know. it's, it's, It's too dumb to even consider, but I was getting, 10 tweets a day they were like both sides boomer and it's just like wow man okay you yeah guess you got it all figured out but now we're seeing the 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 ufo the the like the ufo factor right which was which was there was always an argument against the idea that revealing ufos to the world was going to cause mass chaos the argument was that if we understood there were UFOs, it would bring the entire world together, right? We would all have either well, a common yeah, enemy. the sort of thought experiment of like, what would it take? I've heard some people say, would it take an alien invasion for us to realize that we all are in this together? Yeah, it's the yeah. experiment. It's a, the experience that the early astronauts had looking down at the Earth and going like, "Wow, whatever my politics were before," and, and it was the it was the whole. I mean, I, I think that that first photograph of the of the Earth, the color photograph of the globe from space, actually had a profound political impact globally because everybody looked at it and went, "Oh, wow! Yeah, we're yeah. you know we're on Spaceship Earth." Yep. And what's what's crazy about this situation is that that within a couple of weeks, this. Russia invading Ukraine and failing has brought a kind of it's not just Schadenfreude it's it's like a a recognition that there is uh, that, that that there are differences profound differences in the way that we conduct our political life right and 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 that the United States and Western Europe and the nations of the world you know it, that believe in the 20th century version of collective action, free access to the media, um, human rights. Well, I mean, and and even, even if one were to sound a little bit, um, not cynical about that, but like, I don't think it's cynical to, to think also in terms of like, how does this hurt or harm all economies? Like there's, you know what I mean? Cause you know, we need to run economies. <laughs> people need to get food. People need to get to work, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I think that, I think one part of the 
perhaps slightly, slightly overblown neoliberal techno-centrist idea of the 90s and 2000s was this idea that, you know, uh, um, that w- things, things, these are good for peace. These are good for prosperity. These are things that will help us to have an international Capitalist economy. I think so. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the idea of like, you can't have, it's much more, it's going to be much more difficult to have international commerce if we don't trust each other. And it's going to be, I mean, at all, if we don't have like, you know, uh, trusted brokers for things, things like Swift, like obviously, but like, right. the idea that like, Hey, look, this is, this is partly because, you know, there's a reason we have so many different committees in Congress is they address different, they hold different parts of the camel, if you like. And, and commerce and econom- economics is part of it. It's not, yeah. you're not being a purely callow capitalist to say like, you know, I mean, you would not have had those good jobs at GM in the 60s if it weren't for the peace, by and large, of the 60s. Otherwise, you'd just be making stingers or, or javelins or whatever. <laughs> you need that for economics. I guess I'm saying is to grease the wheels of economics. You need to know, you need to be, peace benefits that much more than not. It's going to be really interesting. I think, I think part of the gloating that's happening right now is the recognition that because because there were visa cards in Russia and visa could turn that off with a switch uh, that was a way for for us to connect with the the 30 year old that was shopping in Russia like what do you mean my visa doesn't work like that kind of global capitalist uh, web it feels powerful to us right now to be able to to remind the world like actually that's located in london and new york it's not it never was completely decentralized it didn't belong to you you know it's a it's actually a tool you can take your library card to. anywhere but the library lives here and for <laughs> right. there's a lot of straight and especially crooked russian money living in london right now but like this, this is the devil's in the details for all of these things, right? And and what's weird is that China now and Russia are going to try to, the, in the aftermath of this, they're going to try and build a global economic, uh, like counter order, right? Like China is going to, uh, and and you know their global partners, they're going to recognize like, oh, there's a vacuum uh, in the banking universe that we need to not keep trying to to take over london but but act, it's like it's like trump's social media china's going to say we're going to start our own global if we have bank. our own pipeline and our own version of swift etc it, it we we will have more flexibility to do the kinds of things we want in the future right but the but to divide the world to say, oh, we're not going to do global banking system anymore. We're going to have one banking system and then another banking system. I mean, it's basically the Cold War again in a different way because because China and Russia's banking system, I mean, depending on how much – it's going to take a long time to rebuild a global network once you shut it down. I mean, maybe Russia – backs out two days from now and they're like great let's turn swift back on we're all friends right. again but but, but something they were talking about this on it, uh, political gab fest is like well okay well have we established what the things are that russia needs to do to what level of completion to like reverse these things because as with covid and turning it's one thing to turn everything off it's another thing to turn things back on a little at a time don't you think isn't that pretty it's gonna be pretty complicated 
if I don't think I don't think I think that's the least of our worries right this moment is that Russians going to yeah. suddenly capitulate and take their ball and go home. But but like to get things rolling again, there's a lot of pieces that have to turn on in a certain order, right? Well, yeah, and I, I but on the on the other hand, a lot of the a lot of the the global distrust, a lot of the uh, but I mean, among among nations that are now all banding together, like like uh, like Hungary and Turkey, were really trending the wrong way in terms of being part of a of a network of friends of America. Right? They were they were headed toward being military dictatorships, and they're all sort of not there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, work to do before they're reintegrated into like a nato universe but uh, like a a liberal nato universe but they are they sided uh, there's no better way to put it they sided with the west and there's no better way to put that and that's galvanizing um and I think I think our the way we chose to to run that whole run up, which was very unique, that kind of like, well, we're just going to give all the intelligence to everybody. We're not going to. That was pretty. Hold that's our cards. Vir- that's virtually unprecedented, isn't it? And it seems so smart now, yeah. yeah. Because by the time the invasion happened, nobody. Not only were we not surprised, but we 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 already were unified in a kind of. Uh, in well in in what was true it was a version of uh it was a way of of establishing before the first bullet was fired that we all agreed what was true mm-hmm. and that was like super cool and it feels almost like you guys on 4chan going um hey i'm gonna put down this marker here you guys think whatever you want but just come back here in a week and see what happened. That's what happened. Yeah. When Blinken gets up there or whomever gets up there and says there's going to be a false flag operation and this is going to happen and they're going to claim that, you know, an orphanage got bombed. And like, as, and then here we are now, however many days later, and now they're fudging on their supposed ceasefires to let people out. Right. It's like every single bit of this is like is straight out of a screenplay that nobody would ever put on because it's too ridiculous and evil at this point. And, and it, what's great is it preempted any kind of sh- uh, Char- Charlottenburg, not Charlottenburg, Charlottesburg, both sidesing. It, uh-huh. it preempted any of the wrong kind of both sidesing, which is like, well, there's the truth, but also these guys America's are saying lies. a lot lies. of people too. <laughs> yeah, aren't they the same? You know, we oh, just boy. eliminated that possibility so that there wasn't. So that the the Fox News talking heads couldn't say, well, they, you know, the Ukrainians did bomb an orphanage. Uh, it had just been all that was agreed upon in advance, uh, you know, well enough ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, that's a, that's a novel way of using the intelligence community. Yes. I always, all through the Cold War, I was like, why is this stuff secret? Because revealing it doesn't hurt us. You know, like, tell us about, tell us every Russian agent you find. Tell, you Isn't know, it reveal it all. Up, um, methods the same way that, like, at least according to the movie about... Um, about um, you know the World War II movie with uh, Turing, 
the the we're like okay we have oh, to let these people die because one. of Meinzer Hagen's haversack like we have to keep playing it off legit otherwise if we stop every attack that happens they're going to know how we got this information right and and again that's true in in situations but they use that as a blanket a blanket philosophy of intelligence for 70 years oh right we're spooks 24 7 spooks you're not allowed to know anything and the and the problem with that of course is that you that the technology keeps changing you know you you have a, a microphone in your tie and they discovered it and then you can't use that anymore and like Gar- they, Gar- Gar- you know simon garfunkel gave it all away when they let the whole world know that his bow tie is really a camera well yeah and, that was and bad opsec they said it was written on the subway walls, and everybody was like, no, you yeah. shouldn't have said that. Well, then they the didn't tenement know. halls, they don't even have to go check. It's ridiculous. Exactly. But, but all of that secrecy, it just piles up around your ears until you lose the ability to tell what's really important and what isn't. You've got, you've got, you've got buildings and buildings of top secret classified material that if it was all released, it wouldn't matter. But <laughs> you're guarding it, and, you, and you're putting more and more stuff on top of it. And it's like, actually, the stuff that we need to be secret is this kind of really small little nut of stuff. And if you're, if you're doing the uncut shit of deciding that birds aren't real, these, these kinds of things are probably going to seem like a cover story for a cover story. Right? It's if you're fully story. bought in on birds aren't, re- birds aren't real, then stuff like we think there's going to be this false flag attack. And, of course, a lot of them, the, a lot of the Thumbs and the Alex Jones types are going to go, hey, that's our term. We're, we're the people who claim things well, are a false flag. And the thing is, I don't even care about those people. The ones I'm worried about are the legitimately intelligent, college-educated, leftist uh, intellectuals who believe that the entire world is controlled by a conspiracy of underground bankers and committees. You know, there's like – it's not the moon landing people that I worry about. It's the consensus on both the left and the right that what we see is not real right. and that the globe is actually, you know, that all of these nations are actually controlled by general <laughs> dynamics and the board of directors uh, of, of Shell Oil that live under the North Pole. When we share the wisdom from, uh, was, it, was it Mike Mike or Jason, that um, feelings are real? I yeah, mean, not, the, that's the, Mike. Mike Squires. The thing about that, feelings are real, but they're not the only thing that's real. And I think that sometimes people might think that, like, just, I don't know, it just seems like a lot of people can benefit from a little bit of liberal arts school to go, like, <laughs> yeah. two, two things can be true. Like, but just because feelings are real doesn't mean that, that you should always, and again, another term I just learned in the past month, the, uh, the fallacy of uh, relative privation. If I can any, think hmm. of anything that's worse than this, you're invalid. If I can any, think of anything that's better than this, it's invalid. Like people just jumping straight to, yeah, well, what does this have to do with the lizard people? Like, I know you're not yeah. talking about those particular people, but who hasn't felt like truth has been cheapened in the last six years to a point where you start to feel like a, a real simp for believing there is a true thing? My hair is a bird, therefore your argument is invalid. <laughs> my, hair, my hair is green and I'm a tree. I'm a blue boy. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's, that is the problem. And the thing about this is we're watching global capitalism. And global capitalism right now feels it, – it's, it's funny because it feels very – it feels almost like they have, um, they have the moral imperative, right? Like, the, like wow, the – like the global capitalists are the ones that are fighting this war on behalf of the West. Wow, good job, stock market guys, mm-hmm. because we're changing the way the banks are propping up the ruble. 
But at the same time, global capitalism is terrified of what's happening. And and much more of it, and we're going to, I mean, already gas prices are in the $4.50 up here. I don't mm-hmm. even know what they are in San Francisco. But I think it's eleven seventy five a gallon right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I imagine like, that's hitting a lot of other people. I mean, California's got a lot of wackadoo stuff that makes gas expensive for a lot of reasons. But it's in the places where you're used to it costing a lot less that that's really got to feel like a hit right now. Well, and and that's just the beginning. Talk about global supply chain problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, two years ago at the start of the pandemic, I think a lot of us really believed, oh, wow, if this is a reset, we can. I did. Uh, why don't we not all get in our cars ever again? Why don't we not all rush back downtown? Why don't we not cough on each other? And And <laughs> maybe it'll, I mean, let's. This is going to be you remember those statistics about how uh, how pollution just dropped off a cliff yeah in I mean, those it was, it was basically like a, there, it was the almost the equivalent of a Gaia bomb where uh, I mean and again we, we get over our skis about the whole like evolution and change stuff, but it was there was enough different nature in, is returning. Yeah, nature's well, healing, nature, yeah. Manhattan, um, but but the difference is even in things in Manhattan, like over a period of weeks, um, it was it was pr- pretty wild. <laughs> Somebody posted an image today <laughs> like of people, re- people returning to work, uh, and the, the lobby of the office building has all these, like, I think this is in Canada, but ridiculously dispiriting signs, which is like, oh, but your dog misses you, and at least you're out of your jammies now. And like, oh, oh God, oh. Why, why can't we just be, can't we just, uh, the other day I referred to blue jeans as hard pants. So. Oh, wow. No, I'm not the You've dresser. You've gone a you long are. way. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm lifestyle sweatpants now. Yeah. <laughs> You've fallen all the way. It's a, it's make your, ca- even, make it's, your case to why wingtips should be part of my world again. <laughs> Tell all those ladies that it's time to put on high heels and bras again. You're going to get a fight on your hands. But, you don't even have drawstring on your pants now. It's just that kind of. It's like a hairnet except pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just kind of you just yeah. kind of put it over the over the uh, over your gun, get it in there. But, um, yeah. But what's fascinating about this is like a kind of. I mean, you feel like it's it's hard for me to know. Did we actually make some profound changes during the pandemic that now? We just accept as a new normal, and so we can't celebrate them because that's not in our natures to celebrate our victories. It's only we can only look at how bad things are and how how we went back from the pandemic and are just causing right. the and same old problem. There's so much there's so much pain distributed over so many people that it almost seems a little crazy to think about. Not to me, but to other people. Right. This is how I'm wired. Is like, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get into Chinese symbol talk here, but you know opportunity there's opportunity we yeah. talked about this two years ago this month probably john there's so yes. many tremendous opportunities in choosing to how, how we might want to live differently and what you know what is it that causes all these goddamn extroverts to like want to run around and breathe on each other but I, I i really thought you and i talked about this so often john it really seemed like we were to use your phrase on the cusp of at least a handful of pretty interesting changes in how we choose to conduct ourselves rather than go back to what moneyed white people call normal. And I wonder whether this current situation in Ukraine, and I, I, there's a lot of, in any war, right, there's, there's going to be a lot of focus on the destruction, on the pain and suffering of the, of the people. But, you know, wars are diplomacy by other means. 
Uh, and the longer this goes on, the more it potentially represents an opportunity for a reset of a lot of things. If I doubt very much, no matter when it ends, that it will be a simple matter of, okay, well, let's start buying Russian oil again. And the longer it lasts, the more we start to compensate for the, and Western Europe starts to compensate for the lack of, of Russian oil. The, the longer this schism happens, you know, I just read an article <laughs> is there a today. chance that there's any chance at all here? I know we don't talk about this, but is there a chance that we could see? I know it's not possible today, you guys, but is there a chance maybe we could find ways to start using a little less oil? <laughs> is that a thing oil. we want to look into? Because I keep thinking about 19, what, 72, 74, the embargo. Yeah. And like yeah. the, the conventional wisdom became, as old, I mean, again, there's the, the simple version of this is way oversimplified, which is that, you know, the, uh, the Japanese ate our lunch because they had better quality control. But like, and, but the oil embargo and the cost of oil certainly had an impact in getting people's minds to at least consider the idea that they didn't need to have like a two-door Chrysler New Yorker to go pick <laughs> up milk. If you think about a 1975 Chrysler New Yorker and you think about a 1980 Chrysler K car. I could barely close um, the doors on our New Yorker. They were so big. They were so heavy. You could, you could swing on them. But, the old but Oldsmobiles. That, Oldsmobiles were crazy. I mean, it felt like you were getting into a tank. That's, that's, some of those were the longest cars ever made in history. But if you think – I read an article this morning about the International Space Station and the fact that the Russians are – I mean, that, that tension is now in the space station. Are the Russians going to detach? But more importantly, every rocket we use, including the SpaceX rockets, including NASA rockets, including Amazon rockets, their motors are all made in Russia. I did not and know so, that. So we have – there is a certain stockpile of, of rockets that we've already purchased that we have in warehouses that will allow us to keep going to space – for a certain amount of time. But we have stopped making our own rocket motors. Well, that's a, a hmm. great idea if you believe in a global, you know, economy where the where the Russians have their own, you know, they're over here fighting in Chechnya and we're over here fighting in Iraq, but when it comes to space, we put our our differences aside. But what are we going to do when we run out of Russian rocket motors? Are we going to start buying them again at the end of this conflict and mm -hmm. and try and try and bring? Because that would be a lot peace? of reengineering to have anything else. Like, I mean, I, I I like to think that the projects I worked on were complicated, but just knowing that there's a piece that finishes here, and then there's mm -hmm. assumptions for the next two years of production and development based on that how that decision got made. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't, I don't think you, I doubt it's going to be easy to just grab the eraser on the whiteboard and change it from, you know, Russia to Switzerland or whatever. I feel like those Saturn car factories in Tennessee. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, maybe they could be repurposed to be rocket uh, factories. <sighs> they also right? like, got Oak Ridge there doing their yeah. nuclear stuff. Oh, Tennessee could really, my goodness, that'd be, oh, maybe super drag. Uh, you could start performing again. <laughs> <laughs> I sucked out the feeling. I did that. Jesus Christ, John, I'm so sorry. <laughs>